Welcome to the Asset Management Mastery Podcast. Your hosts, Gary Lipsky and Kyle Mitchell, have more than 50 years of combined experience in operations and management, and more than 25 years of real estate investing experience. This show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems and manage their properties more efficiently to become a best-in-class operator. 100% straight talk. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Asset Management Mastery Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kyle Mitchell, also joined by Gary Lipsky. This podcast is focused on educating operators, building better systems, and becoming a best-in-class operator. Also, be sure to check out the Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery. Join us at the Virtual Asset Management Summit on June 21st through June 27th. It's a seven-day content-packed event for multifamily operators and asset managers with over 1,500 attendees and over 20 amazing speakers. You will hear from top experts about topics such as construction management, KPIs, refinancing, investor relations, the capital stack, disposition, and so much more. Go to www.amsummit2021.com to grab your free ticket to become the best-in-class operator. Discover the best asset management strategies all in one place. We hope to see you there at the Virtual Asset Management Summit. All right. Today on the show, we have Kaylee McMahon. How are you doing, Kaylee? Okay. How are you? Doing very well. Thanks. If you can start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do. Sure. A little bit more about me. I like to treat people how I want to be treated. I'm in real estate, commercial real estate to be specific. I focus on building communities that are forced housing, C-class type communities. And a little bit more about, I guess, where I'm going is that we're looking to continue our deal process where all of our leads or all of our leadership team are females. And then also we've got a fund, for example, that it will be all female limited partners. That is awesome. Let's talk about hiring and firing property managers today. First off, what makes a good property manager in your opinion? Oh my God, that's such a loaded question. Starting at the hiring process, it's really just being able to know what questions to ask them and being able to see kind of how competent they are to be able to answer those. Some of the things, I mean, honestly, people can answer, they can give you whatever BS answer they want, right? But also seeing that it's done. So part of it is for me, it's referrals first from people that have actually hired them and had a good experience. Then it's asking a list of questions. So some of these questions, for example, you're asking the property manager after they're looking at some of your financials, you know, what is our break-even occupancy? When you're looking at the property, what do you see as some of the problems? Do you see competition, physical structure? I mean, I have an SOP that we actually use for interviews for property managers to figure out who would be a good fit. And then really, I mean, at some point after having a referral and then kind of having all of your questions answered, giving them a shot. And then again, with that shot comes very specific with how, what you expect, your project management skills come into play here for sure if you're the asset manager. So for me, I really like using Trello. I've had some property managers that push back and I'm like, look, you understand there's 291,000 of you in the country. I don't need to work with you if you're not going to work with my system. So Trello is just something I use to project manage. You know, If you have construction in one column and different projects on each board and whatever it is that you're working on, you know, each weekly, biweekly meeting, I have like a set topic list that we go over and some things we're working on and you assign certain people, the most important part of project management and working with your property managers, communication, but communicating what we're doing, 
who's doing it, when it's due, and what happens when it's not finished on time. That it's preemptively led with this expectation and timeline expectation. And so therefore, when it's not met, then you just simply have those adult discussions like, hey, look, we had this conversation already, you know, and now we're having it again. And we already said what was going to happen. And they go, well, I had three weeks or whatever to lease up those units and I didn't do it. So that means you need to work with other people. And so they kind of already know what's coming and it doesn't have to be this big drama fest. So it comes with just structure and in leadership, I think, but also communication with the property manager. Well, I know you fired a property manager in the past because they obviously haven't lived up to your expectations. And that's a tough decision that has to be made. What brought you to that decision? Well, that one was pretty freaking clear. Uh, I've actually done it a couple of times, but the first time it was very clear and it was a little bit hard because as a young female, I was being manipulated by an older female that was the company's leader and being told that it was me. But point is, is really the big red flags were like, hello, we're not getting units flipped fast enough. The industry standards two weeks and this is taking a month. So that's causing us not to be able to lease it up in time, which should take about two weeks if you have the proper online marketing strategies just because I've been in leasing in the past before. And so I know how to do like a Facebook boost, you know, for five bucks or whatever, and be able to get people in there. I'm like, it's that simple. So, but anyway, I guess those two things, you know, not getting it flipped in time and not getting residents in there. And so therefore the vacancy was like 40%. We got into a building that was 95% occupied. And then within six months, it's going down. That doesn't make any sense or going down to that level. You know what I mean? So I had to go, okay, well, what's my break-even occupancy? Oh my God, we're 10% away from there. But anyway, so those were the two big red flags. And then obviously going out there myself, being the asset manager, being told on our biweekly calls, oh, okay, this unit's done or whatever. And I go out there and I go look in the, the freaking unit, the, the lights are on. So I know we're wasting power and probably the heat's on, the unit's locked. So someone has the keys that's off campus that I don't have access to. That's not great. That's not good. It's liability. It's, it's a risk. And then it's not done. You know, I'm looking at it myself and going, it's not freaking done. So it's just, I'm being told something different than what reality is. And then the occupancy. I mean, if you look at the time that it was vacant, and again, partially this was my fault because I was giving too much leeway and too much, too many damn chances, you know, that for what six months or so, having that gap in occupancy cost is over a hundred thousand in income. So I'm costing my investors money because I'm giving this stupid property manager too many chances. So it's really just kind of like I said, setting expectations up front, like, hi, okay, here's a problem. And you're usually supposed to go to your property manager and say, what is the solution to fix it? They're supposed to have experience to say, here's our plan and here's how we're going to execute it. However, I've only experienced that once I tell them that's how I want it to work. And that's got to be like upfront when you're hiring them on the front end. You can't like in the middle just be like, okay, now here's how I want things to work. So yeah, just set expectations up front. And those were two big things or three big things that were just a deal breaker. Yeah, and one other thing that you mentioned was that that verified piece is so important. You know, just because they're telling you one thing doesn't mean it's actually getting done. And and Kyle and I always do spot checks on all of our properties. We're constantly, you know, making sure trust but verify. It's so important. <laughs> yeah, it's been my big lesson this last year in so many ways. But yeah, you're right. And I'm like, what's the deal? Like, why are we lagging in time putting cameras on the property? Why is there some pushback there? I don't get that. And then you go figure out, you know, why. So. Yeah. Transitioning from one property manager to another does take time. So talk about that transition from one to the other. I've had some horrible, horrible experiences and I've had some really good experiences, you know, doing that. And again, it all kind of comes to do with re-expressing to the property manager or at least trying to, this is not an emergency. I'm not mad at you. I'm not going to slander your name. I'm not going to ruin your reputation. I'm not, this is literally just, this is not a good fit. 
So we need to come up with a transition plan over the next 30 days, month. Usually their contracts call for that anyway, where it's like they get 30 days notice. So I go ahead and say, hey, I'm going to pay you for 30 days to play nice up front right now. And then let's work out how we're going to work. I'm going to come up with a company in two weeks. We're going to do the physical takeover. Anyway, so it's just kind of putting up expectations ahead of time because I've kind of had the opposite where I got locked out of all of our data, all of our information, bank account access revoked, and we had our money in there and I couldn't sign off and I wasn't a signer anymore. And I've learned a lot of lessons there. But so some people have differing opinions on this one. As far as having like a trust account, I like to have the account, depending on what kind of loan, like if I'm doing a bank loan, I'll have the rent, the deposits and the OPEX account. So that's just for the property manager at the same place as the loan. So the bank kind of wants to be involved and know what's going on and protective of like their accounts. They want to make sure that that person has zero access to the CapEx budget, right? And that makes sense. And so what I'll do usually is I'll have an operating account and then we'll figure out over a couple of months how much typically needs to be in there just for operating purposes. And then I'll make the deposit. Or once we figure out what that amount is, I just have it automatically put into that account. But if something happens, that's as much as we're out and they can't come back and take our CapEx money, you know, which would completely screw the project from being able to sell ever because we can't get the appreciation value that we need. Some people are like, no, 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 the property manager has to be the only signing person on the account. I'm like, no, 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 they don't. But you just have to have separate accounts that I don't go mess around with. It's a deposit only account. Yeah, it's very important. And I know some states have some restrictions on that. It's a little tricky, but there are ways around it. And that's definitely something that is so important not to let them have access to all your funds and not being able to get to them. We'll be able to see how much is in there. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I'm going to pass it over to Kyle to take us home. All right, Kaylee, what is your asset management superpower? I would say having tough conversations. And that's been a recent development, to tell you the truth, because I'm a very kind person. I'm understanding I'm an empath, you know, so I definitely feel what other people feel. And, and women are very good at that. But at the same time, you know, you're running a business. At the same time, people are depending on you. So once you've had those discussions about what your expectations are and they're not met and the timeline is set up, I mean, it's, I think, the serious and professional thing to do to just follow through with your word. Like if you had said, if this isn't done, you got to go next steps or whatever, you just have to follow through. So having those tough conversations, once they're set up right, I mean, I don't have a problem having them. And I think a lot of other principals that I have on some teams, they're in some situations where they just don't want to have that conversation. And I'm like, I'll do it. I don't have a problem because my mindset is like, nothing can hurt me. It doesn't matter what they say back to me. It doesn't matter how they make me feel, whatever. We're running a business. Yep, absolutely. I always say when you're buying apartments, you are buying a multi-million dollar business. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz, and we'll start the conversation. Isn't raising capital and closing on an apartment? Woohoo! This is a multi-million dollar business, you know, and you have to treat it that way. So I love that. If you can tell the listeners where they can find out more about you, sure, y'all can check out my site, theapartmentqueen.com. It's got a lot of stuff on there. So whether it's education you're looking for, whether it's podcast entertainment, 
or a little bit more about what we're doing and who we're looking for, it's all there. Perfect. Well, Kaylee, we appreciate you coming on today. And to all of our listeners, if you like this episode, please like, subscribe, and review so we can continue to grow the podcast. And we'll talk to you all next week. Thank you all. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. You can also go to the Asset Management Mastery Group on Facebook so you can reach Kyle and Gary and ask your questions that you want them to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, to stay updated, go to assetmanagementmastery.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with Gary and Kyle, sign up on the contact page so you can talk to them directly. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode.